Hello, y'all, and welcome to Jackalope Tales, Urban Legends and Music. I'm your host, Charles Mooney. And I'm Lisa Umbarger. And also with us today are our production crew, Jenny, Jeannie, and on the board, our resident backslider, Sam. Hi, Jenny. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm really excited. This is episode one. Oh, my Ep- God. Right? Yep. Episode one of Jackalope Tales. Yep. We've been thinking about this one for a while, and it's finally happening. Yeah, so just um, Charles and I tell stories all the time, and mm-hmm. we realized we needed to share some of them. Yeah, we've been doing so much for so long, there's a lot that we have to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, people love hearing our stories. And right. So it's time to incorporate our stories along with all the stories that have happened in the music world, whether they're real or not. Yeah, and we've been kicked out of so many parties just because <laughs> they're like, quit talking about the things all the time. Talk yeah. about some other Stop stuff. Stop bringing up the damn toadies. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're off to a good start. <laughs> no one can tell us to shut up in here. Well, except the three of them. So you might be wondering, what it what is a jackalope tale? Mm-hmm. So let me give you a little background. Charles and I have been in the music industry for over 30 years as musicians, writers, producers, and most of all, extreme fans. We love music. And we're the founding members of Platinum Selling Toadies. Yep, um, yep. Of course, there was another member uh, who's not here today. No. Won't be. Um, (laughs) but because we love music we also love the stories that swirl around music and the music makers so in this podcast we're going to explore the stories the lore and the sticky stuff that becomes part of the urban legends and music sticky it's so sticky yep (laughs) so on this maiden voyage of jackalope tales charles and i are going to share some of the stories that we know best and hopefully give you some insight into how jackalope tales are made and how they become the urban legends that they are. And so this episode's going to be... Uh, it's a, a personal one, isn't right. it? Right. This one's about yeah. us. Mm-hmm. And in the future, expect more about every other musician and artist because they're fair game. Yep. One episode and we're done with all our stories. Right. Yeah. Done. Nothing else. One and done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, like Lisa was saying, I mean, we did the whole toady thing. Uh, We helped write a bunch of the stuff that was really big on Rubberneck, Tyler Away, I Come From the Water, and just kick off the show, also going to talk about Possum Kingdom. You may have played that one a time or two, Lisa. At least once. Yeah, and it sucked (laughs) after the first play, didn't it? (laughs) Of course. I'll have you all know if we ever try to do that cover, Lisa always fusses. So we started the Toadies, and we ended up uh, working on a whole bunch of songs. And some of those songs that made it big on Rubberneck, what year did Rubberneck come out? 94? Yeah. 94 and 95. And see, a lot of people don't realize that we had worked on a lot of those songs while we became a band in about 1988. Yeah, uh, the 80s. I know, in the 80s time. It was the F you to all the new wave. We were, wake, we were wearing uh, fluorescent gloves oh, yeah, at that yeah. time. and Oh, my Jerbo um, shorts. Right, were Frankie Say Relax. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and shirts. Bart Simpson shirts. Right. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Jams. Yep, exactly. And so, actually, a lot of those songs existed 
for so long before Rubberneck even came out. So it's like we worked on Tyler, Away, I Come From the Water, and then I think the most popular one was Possum Kingdom. That was it. That was the one. I guess that's the one that made y'all A one-hit wonder? Yeah. (laughs) That's coming up in one-star reviews. Right. So, uh, yeah, in fact, uh, when people find out that I was an original member of the Toadies, the question often comes up, tell me about Possum Kingdom. It has to do with vampires, doesn't it? Yes. Well, I I don't don't say yes. I say, what the hell? Because I really didn't even know about this whole vampire thing. Looking into it, it turns out Possum Kingdom was said by Rolling Stone. It plays up the seductive side of vampire mythology Hmm. with its narrator using the promise of eternal youth and beauty to score with a girl by a lake. That was a lot more thought than I even thought there ever was. Gave us far too much credit. It really did. And really when we talk about how it truly came about, uh, let's see, Todd was going through a divorce. I remember that uh, he was down in the dumps and all this. Yes. Because it was stressful. And... We were such good friends. We were all working at Sound Warehouse on Camp Bowie. Yep, Fort Worth. Yeah, and what better way to help someone bummed out and stressed than to buy a bunch of beer and take over VHS tapes of horror movies. I love it. We loved horror movies even before this time. I mean, all the Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Yep. I mean... (laughs) Basket case. Oh, yeah. Uh, and what was the one with the little circus people? I don't remember that one, but I remember Reanimator. Remember that one? Oh, yes. Reanimator was great. So, see? Those like that. Uh, Evil Dead 2. Yep. I know. That was a big one. So, we ended up going over to Todd's apartment and just kind of chilling and drinking beer and watching horror movies. And then Todd's lyrics kind of started getting a little darker. Thank you. And yeah, exactly. It did work out pretty well for us. And so Todd, in an interview, even said about Possum Kingdom mm-hmm. that he said he's always been a big horror fan. He never gives us credit. Yeah, I, th- I, I know. Think we'll accept it. <laughs> but uh, he said the cheesier mo- uh, horror movie, the better. So the story of Possum Kingdom, it starts with the story of a guy. This is according to Todd lured by a girl into a darker underworld. Mm -hmm. Mm. He is kind of attracted to a girl, and she invites him to this crazy party that's basically a cult. And then Todd went on to say that the song was a continuation of the storyline on the closing track, I Burn, which follows this lone cult member sacrificing and burning himself to reach a higher place then going to Possum Kingdom Lake to find the next person, a partner, to join the cult. So I'm in. Yeah. I love cults. I know. And then, but the song doesn't sound that dark, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just remember where, yeah, he started coming up with these darker versions of lyrics. And I remember Possum Kingdom came about because his brother had a lake house on Possum Kingdom Lake. Right. So, and I think he and the family would go over there 
to boat along the lake, and uh, that's how the boathouse came about and all yep. this stuff. So well, I remember we had a conversation about it being about a local lake, so we could tie it into uh, our regional roots. Mm-hmm. And I remember banting Bimbrook Lake, <laughs> <laughs> which just doesn't stand out as much as you know the the lovable marsupial, right? Um, possum yeah (laughs) now when the song got big did y'all get asked about what's the meaning of all the possum kingdom all all the time yeah all the time in that interview that's the most um todd has ever revealed about this the real story about possum kingdom because we would we would be very vague about it yeah we had a bunch of vampire fans and actually would come to our shows especially in tampa i don't know why tampa is so (laughs) hardcore vampire but they would have teeth actual vampire teeth and be like white oh my god makeup yeah and it was really kind of frightening to me wow because i didn't know how far they were taking the whole vampire thing because you were the creator of their theme song yeah. So it was scary. Yeah. Now, one thing I looked at too was uh, some of the different fans that had commented on what they thought the meaning of the song was. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This one said, I always thought it was about murder and necrophilia. Hmm. <laughs> the guy preys on women with low self esteem and depression and tries to convince them he will kill them peacefully. Keep their bodies well-preserved and love them forever. Wow, that guy is, yeah, he, he thought about that way he too did. much. And he, well, someone should check on him. Well, get a load of this French guy. I mean, oh, he, French. Okay. He, I know, he went into a little bit of detail. Okay. And pardon me, audience, if I cannot pronounce these names correctly. But the French guy said, it's probably about the vampire Lestat de Leoncourt. Do you want to die is referring to him asking his that of his love, Nicolas de Lefebvre. Oh, isn't that Anne Rice, though? <laughs> I'm not a big vampire fan. We I'm, had to sign Anne Rice books. People would bring Anne what? Rice books for us to sign ah, about vampires. That's nice. But I think those are characters from Anne Rice. I don't know about the rest of them, but the vampire Lestat is from Anne Rice. Okay. Hmm. Interview with a vampire, specifically. That's close enough. These both have lays in them, too. And helped uh, create that song probably about 1990 was when that stuff started uh, getting written. Right. And I left the band, what, like three months before it got signed to Interscope? Right. So, fuck my life. (laughs) Charles Charles did all the heavy lifting and then is like, I'm out. I did all the walking and the piss and uh, <laughs> driving up when watching the sun come up while I'm driving the rental van back. Right. Yeah. Getting paid in pizza. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, helped write it and then I scooted out and then it got big. Yeah. Daryl so. Herbert was the lead guitarist on uh, uh, Rubberneck. Yep. So. Yeah. You did all the work, and you didn't get to enjoy all the accolades. I know. All my feedback. I know, right? (laughs) It's like, hey, oh, well. So the big tours and everything, Charles was not a part of. The recording of Rubberneck, you were not a part of. But the the writing of it and the recording of Pleather, which was kind of an introduction to Backslider. Mm -hmm. Kind of laid the groundwork, and then I got out. Yep. So hit that fork in the road and... 
decide to go down the less stumbly one, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the true story of Possum Kingdom. So no more vampires. I always love the, the name Possum Kingdom because I think that's the craziest name for a lake, and it just totally lent itself to a great rock yeah. song. No, it really did. And the song still lives today. I'll hear it in PetSmart. So, <laughs> <laughs> or it plays at some of the sports events. Right. So, Have you heard anyone karaoke Possum Kingdom? Oh, God, no. Don't do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did score 100% on Guitar Hero with Possum Kingdom. Yes. First try. <laughs> it wasn't on extreme difficulty. It was just on hard. Well, I would hope that you would. <laughs> I I know, it worked out well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I want to talk some more about uh, some of the stories. And so these are definite jackalope tales. So when we were in the Toadies, we would go and do radio interviews, and we were so green. We weren't used to (laughs) touring outside of our state even. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we'd go to San Antonio. So when we got signed, we hopped in a van, and we did full country tours, and... When we did the radio interviews, our PR person called us up one evening and said, Oh, <laughs> you guys are horrible interviews. Horrible. You're so boring. Because um, oh, I think God. we talked about, I think we talked about um, playing video games because we had a TV that we wired up in the van. And um, we would play video games and try and come up with things to occupy our minds when we weren't playing the shows. Mm hmm. And um, she's like, no one wants to hear about you guys playing games. Yeah. You, ne- you guys need to juice it up a little bit. And they don't want to hear your sad tales about how you're eating peanut butter and jelly. No, no. <clears throat> it needs to be a rich wildlife. Right. So you guys aren't crazy and we want to hear crazy stories. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, we're going to give you crazy. <laughs> so um, we created a bunch of tales because we had heard that... Most bands don't tell the truth. So we were going to push that envelope. So one of the tales that we used to tell was of Todd being married to Edie Brickell. (laughs) And see, uh, I remember the single we came out with when we first started, which included I Hope You Die. Yes. With that great D-I-E, E-D-I-E. Right. Yep. And funny story i had to answer to her about that later Shit. many years later and it was really embarrassing because she is such a nice person uh, but um todd on his amp had spray painted i ate Edie." do yep, you remember that i remember it and the reason why we did that is because we we're from fort worth and we had tr- trouble getting a show in dallas and there was a lot of pushback oh yeah and um so we we're just like screw it who's the biggest dallas band let's give them the finger. Oh, yeah. They were so not us. Right. And later we found out they're really nice people. But yeah. they were for us, they were on this pedestal and we were going to throw stones oh, yeah, at them. Oh, yeah, because their video was big on MTV. Yes, yeah. This. And so in one interview or another, probably multiple interviews, um, somehow the tale started getting told that Todd was married to Edie Brickell at one time and it was a really horrible, bitter divorce and Edie broke his heart oh oh yes Edie broke his heart Edie broke his heart oh and it was 
And I can't remember all the details about the marriage, but Todd would make up a different story each time about what happened and why they got divorced. Oh, and wow. And it mostly was because she cha- uh, she was chasing stardom and left him alone in the dust. <laughs> um, and left him for Paul Simon. I know, right? Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> that's perfect. One toad for another. <laughs> <laughs> There's no slide against Paul Simon. He's no, amazing. No, none, none. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Um, you can call me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, <laughs> so uh, Entertainment Magazine was doing a Valentine's Day edition. <laughs> yeah. About famous people and famous breakups. Uh huh. And our PR person, um, her name is Jenny Body. I love her to death. Okay. And she had to put up with us and our stories after she wanted to hear stories. So this is how we got her. So she called me and she was like, hey, I'm just verifying uh, the Todd and Edie story. Is that one true? Because uh, Entertainment Magazine's going to do an article. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> totally true. And I was, oh, and, uh, damn. <laughs> totally true. Yeah. Uh, print. Print. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it ended up being one of the lead stories on the cover oh, of the Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> yeah. Where they mentioned Todd and Edie, and she was, like, asking me details. Like, what about this one? It, like, uh, so this happened, and what, what year? And I was, like, made up a bunch of crap, and it was an entertainment oh, magazine. Oh, God. That's a classic. That's how Jackalope Tales start. They really do. Yeah. I know. And they fell for it. They totally did, and yeah. it went to print, and... Afterwards, I was talking to her, and I was like, "That was a that was a lie." <laughs> She's like, "I'm gonna kill you." She was so mad. I was like, "You're the one who told us that we're boring. We're gonna keep it juicy for you too." God, that's a great one. <laughs> oh my god. So um, I'm gonna go back and and tell one of the funnier ones that we told that I can't believe that people believed. Oh, you can even up. Oh, yeah. Edie and Todd. Yeah. So we were trying to entertain ourselves, too. This <laughs> right. became like... It became a game, didn't yes, it? Yes. How far yeah. can we push this? Yeah. So we were in the van. We didn't have any roadies. We were driving ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard. It was a hard life. So we're like, <laughs> how can we make this better? We would go and do radio interviews and... And they were like, so what about your crew and your roadies? And we are like, we don't have them, so let's make up some crew. <laughs> so we made up the story that we had a monkey named Steve <laughs> that we, we taught to... <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird that people would believe this. Oh but we taught God. this monkey to carry our guitars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so... Uh, the monkey knew how to open the latches, put guitars in the cases, long, and carry him to the van. And Shit. carry him. Yeah. Know, so we couldn't trust him with much else, but the <laughs> monkey could carry guitars. And um, one day, they're like, where's your monkey? We want to meet it. And we're like, oh. And we, we're like, oh, shit, we got to come up with a lie on the fly. Uh-huh. And um, we said, well, you know, that's a sad story because uh, <laughs> our drummer blew pot smoke in his face. And... Um, he ran out into traffic, and he was hit and killed. Oh, my God. And that's when we found out that if you laugh and cover your face, it looks like you're crying. 
because we were all laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, and they're probably like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. Right, yeah, they were. They were trying to console us, and we were just had our hands <laughs> and tears were coming out because we were laughing Cry so hard. Cry every time you carry the guitars in, right. thinking of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we gave the dirty look to Mark. We're like, fuck that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, so that was one of my favorite ones that we made up. We used to bring in a bunch of animals. Like, um, We even had one where we had a, a miniature pony that lived on our tour bus. Yeah? <laughs> and we used to tell stories like it ate Mark's pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Stuff like and people would totally believe it. Oh man, <laughs> what a way to make it work for you! I'm sure it made the road more interesting. Definitely. Yeah. No, that is a good one. We'll oh. share some more jackalope tales from the road from the toadies, but those are the the ones we're going to start with, and and it basically tells you how a jackalope tale develops. Now you're going to understand when we go into the rest of the episodes. What we're talking about. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's going to be how it works. So, we also have another part of this podcast, and it's called the Lone Star Salute. Yep. And we're going to review, it's going to be concerts, yeah. CDs. Anything music. Anything about music. Yeah. And the One Star Salutes, or the One Star Reviews, people hate it. Mm-hmm. And... Those are, those are the best. Those are the best for me. And I know that our um, our record company used to send a packet out back in the snail mail days before emails um, mm. every week. And we'd get a packet in of our reviews from the shows and from our uh, CD. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to get mostly good reviews. Mm-hmm. But we did get a really bad negative review. It is hard to find bad reviews of the toadies. It is. It's kind of... There's a dedicated following. I don't know if I could have handled it back then. I'm just going to tell you. I would have probably been crushed. Oh, yeah. But here's one from Toadies Rubberneck. And I can't remember what publications it's from. Mm -hmm. But this is the first one that made me really laugh. Yeah. So this is a review, a Lone Star Salute from Toadie's Rubberneck. And the guy says, what the hell is this crap? <laughs> I found the album in the alternative rock section in the record store, but when I played it, it was just a bunch of Christian praise music with some hillbilly squeaking out God turds. <laughs> God turds. Uh -huh. And wow. he goes on to say, so sad because there's so much good feedback and the rhythm section is tighter than Trent Reznor's pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's tight. <laughs> uh, right. It says, fuck the record companies trying to make us listen to church music. God is dead, just like this band's career. <laughs> Ouch. Done. Christian rock. Hmm. I don't know how that got started. Vampires and Christian praise music were rumors that followed the toadies around for forever. I know. And Backslider. It's like, hmm, maybe it was an anti-backslider song. Right. I don't know. <laughs> but I uh, happen to find a few also for other Toady releases. Perfect. Uh, they're pretty short, so I'm going to read a few of them. Uh, there's one for the Toady's album Feeler. Uh, this was uh, something typed in by Ryan. There is a reason why this release was held off. I checked this album out after listening to Possum Kingdom. Hey, we just mm -hmm. talked about that one. 
This album helps explain why they are one-hit wonders. You're welcome. (laughs) And then this one was for the album Heretics. Yeah. Very disappointing album. Not a single good track. I thought it would hold up to the single Possum Kingdom. Are we hearing something that keeps coming back up? Not a chance. Even Possum Kingdom sounded weird. Complete waste of money. I need to do a better job of researching my music. <laughs> so, so at least he took some responsibility. Yeah, but do you hear about Steve the Monkey when you <laughs> Probably research? Probably not. That would have changed his whole attitude. And then uh, the last one I've got is for a CD called Made in Texas. Okay. And the title of this one, this album is straight up bad because he put all caps for bad with That's bad. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fourteen 14 exclamation points. Holy cow. I know. I was listening to this record the other day and it, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding that emotion he is. Tone deaf musicians plus annoying lyricist hmm. toadies. Made in Texas? Nah. It's more like made in some outhouse in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom part, that is. So he wasn't happy with that Made in Texas album. I freaking so. love it. I know. It's kind of great to hear those one stars because <laughs> it just gives you a whole different insight. So a funny story about Feeler that he mm-hmm. reviewed. So um, the Toadies originally, that was the follow-up album to uh Backs. I mean, oh, to Rubberneck. To Rubberneck. Yeah. yeah, to Rubberneck. And it was recorded with Paul Leary from the Butthole Surfers. Yeah. Um, we recorded it down in Willie Nelson's studio. Mm-hmm. And um, it was amazing. Yeah. And the record company hated it. <laughs> oh, no. And it was originally called Feeler. It was finished in the can. And our A&R guy came and had dinner with us and said, we don't hear hits like Possum Kingdom. Write some more like Possum Kingdom. And they said, just give me three hits. And this is a quote from the A&R. Give me three hits, and I don't care if you fart on the rest. Wow. And that song, the song from that became Best of Three, which was released on another album. Hell Below Stars Above. Did that come out on Hell Below Stars Above? Maybe. I can't remember, but that's a Toadie song now. Best of Three is about our A&R guy saying... Give me three. I don't care if you fart on the rest. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's something about the sophomore effort right. in so, bands. Yep. So the Feeler album that came out, they re-recorded without Paul Leary, and oh. I'm not on that one. Well, thank God. I'm just saying because I'm egotistical, it would have been better if Paul and I were on that album. Oh, hell yeah. We would have got a, It wouldn't have been on a Lone Star Salute. No, there wouldn't have been any reason for it. So, yeah. Well, Sorry. It was not good to Ryan. (laughs) Ryan didn't like it. I'm going to have to follow up with Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I just want to thank everyone for for listening and checking out the Jackalope Tales, our our maiden voyage. Yes. And also check us out on all the socials. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And join us next time as we question... Is it real or is it a jackalope tale? Is it? Is it?